itchy, scratchy, intolerances that involve going beetroot red in your face or blotchy on your neck, uh, issues around different points in your cycle and histamine or allergies creeping up, sensitivities to various foods, or maybe it's wine. That is what we're talking about on today's show. It's a histamine show. Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show number 342 and I have my friend and seriously good women's health naturopath specializing in hormone, histamine and inflammation, Naomi Judge, joining me on the show. If you haven't heard us talk detoxification and intermittent fasting on the show previously, I would definitely recommend you dig those up from the archives and whatever listener you listen to, just Google Lotox Life Podcast Naomi Judge and they'll come straight up so you can tuck into them. But today we are talking histamine and Naomi is fantastic at helping piece together complex puzzles uh, through listening to the client, obviously, but also bringing in key testing. And we talk a little bit about that today without going overboard on thinking we need all the tests uh, uh, in terms of getting to the bottom of things. And something that a lot of women who hit 40 or beyond, uh, sometimes even earlier in life, depending but it definitely seems to proliferate big time in this perimenopause time is histamine issues that start creeping up. And so we're going to be talking about those in the context of what the hormonal links are, what uh, it means in terms of points in our cycle and why we might get super hivey or itchy or have more reactions around ovulation and the end of the luteal phase just before day one cracks around again. Uh, And then menopause and beyond, does anything change there? And we talk about dietary support, dietary avoidance, of histamine and whether we need to do that forever. We look at supplements that can be helpful, both in the sense that you can maybe try some out yourself versus when you might actually want to be talking to a practitioner about these. Histamine can affect not only the itchy, itchy, scratchy, scratchy side of things, but also our mood. And it can uh, really make us quite anxious as well. And so if this is a thing for you, I know today's show is going to be a good one. And I would urge you to even just learn about histamine so that you are literate in it, because you might not even realize that you might have an estrogen histamine link that's sort of causing you a few troubles in that middle and end part of your cycle until you tune into it. And then boom, you can do something about it. So I'm really looking forward to presenting this show to you because I know it's going to be enormously helpful. I want to, of course, mention our wonderful sponsors, uh, without whom we can't do this show. And the first one I want to mention today is the wonderful Metagenics practitioner-only supplement range. And I actually wanted to mention uh, when I was thinking, oh, what can I share about Metagenics uh, this week on the show Um, that's maybe a little fresh, a little different. And actually what I want to talk about is supplement quality 
because I subscribe to, for my own benefit and to be able to advise on the best options when uh, coaching clients are asking me and when we're talking about these sorts of things in our membership, the Low Tox Club, which of course, uh, lowtoxlife.com, hit the Explorer tab, join the club is the first option there if you wanted to hear more about that. But we talk about supplements and which ones might be best a lot. And I uh, subscribe to consumerlab.com and for an annual fee, you basically get all of their testing and reports on all sorts of different supplements, quality of supplements. And what I discovered this week in um, the report that I received via my email, which I get every week, is some of the testing they did on, let's just take a multivitamin. And so there was one brand where they found 188% of the claimed iodine, so 546 micrograms instead of 290. Um, They found 172% of claimed folate, 343 micrograms instead of 200 micrograms. Uh, I could go on with how many variations they found excess or uh, under um, represented of things that people are saying, supplement brands are saying they have on the box uh, because they shared a bunch. And what this means is it serves as a reminder that not all supplements are created equal. I did a great show with naturopath and nutritionist Kate Home on this a few years ago. If you want to look up um, Kate Home, I don't think she was married yet at the time. If she wasn't, it could be Kate Johnston uh, and Low Tox Life podcast and it'll come straight up. And she talked us through what to look out for uh, as a practitioner. She obviously um, looks at a lot of brands before making recommendations. And this consumer lab report that I get shows me time and again that you can't just buy something and assume it's on the label and it's inside your body once you take it. And so Metagenics has a very stringent independent independent testing uh, program. Uh, they have things verified both in-house and then independently. They spend a huge amount on research uh, and storage and warehousing to make sure that what you get is exactly what is on the bottle. And uh, this is why practitioner only just gives you that extra level of scrutiny and is worth talking to your practitioner about. Or if you're a practitioner, starting a conversation with Metagenics. They have over 100,000 practitioner relationships worldwide uh, and are certainly a brand that I've been recommended many times uh, and with great success working on various challenges that I've had. So thank you to Metagenics for being a show sponsor. And also a big thank you to our major sponsor, Oz Climate, who you've heard me talking condensation and prevention of mold growth in bedrooms where condensation appears. When you wake up in the morning, you can see wet windows. We do not want to leave them wet. We do not want to let mold start to grow because it can easily get onto the floor, into the wardrobes. Once it takes hold, we want to prevent it. So you need, if you're in a cool climate, the cool seasons dehumidifier, or if you're in a regular climate, like for example, in Sydney, I don't feel that we need that. Uh, You can get one of the dehumidifiers from their range. A large master bedroom needs a minimum 20 litre. A smaller single or compact double would be fine with a 16 litre compact dehumidifier. And as I said last week, that one is great because you can then move it to the bedroom, bathroom for after your showers. You can chuck it in the laundry. You can quickly dry 
buy uh, the, um, say, uh, wardrobes out uh, on more humid months or in cooler weather when you just really want to make sure everything stays dry. Uh, that's my favorite size because it's just so portable and easy to move around. So you have 10% off. Lotox Life is your code. Ozclimate.com.au is the website. Happy shopping if that's something you need right now. And of course, let's talk histamine. Hello, Naomi. How are you doing? Hello. So lovely to see you. It is so lovely to see you. And uh, we're talking about a, a a thing that we're both very passionate about. And we actually were both researching it. Um, me, because I was trying to figure out what the heck was wrong with me back in 2015, 16, when no one could tell me. And you, because you were seeing woman after woman in their perimenopausal age are starting to make some links at different points in the cycle. And I had just made that link with my naturopath at the time. She looked at me cross-eyed and said, what are you, really? So you're noticing some things, you know, at the ovulation and then right at the end of your cycle. And it feels like you get like itchy and histamine. And that's when these allergic feelings are worse. And and I was so excited that you had actually started to look at this. And then of course, now we're a few years down the track both of us knowing a bucket load more than we did back then. And I want to ask you then, what did you start to notice in clinic that made you start investigating histamine uh, more uh, to be able to help people um, on a deeper level? Because it's really one of those um, stones that you have to turn, isn't it, yeah. histamine? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And I can, uh, I can remember it was... It was all, you know, I would always have women and other practitioners would know this. And when you're talking to people, they would always say, oh, you know, I, I'd say, how's your diet? You know, what are you, they're saying? Oh, I get bloated or I get this upset or I get a rash or something. I get itch, itchy or I get hives. And, and I would say, well, what does it feel like it is? What food? And they're saying, they would say, I just, I can't pinpoint it because, you know, sometimes I can eat eggs and then other times I'll eat an egg. And suddenly my lips will get all itchy and swollen. Hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. So it's, it's not an everyday constant. Not an everyday constant. And yeah. that was when, and I remember just thinking, okay, that's interesting. And it kept happening. That was it. There was no constant with it. There wasn't any constant. It wasn't an everyday. So it just made it more confusing for them because they would think, well, I'm okay with that. Um, and then I remember with myself as well, sort of similar things happening. I remember Thai food. I could eat Thai food and then sometimes I'd go out. And actually, in hindsight, in retrospect, thinking back, I most likely had from a teenage years, I, I had some kind of issue, you know, maybe mast cell activation because I used to remember I had an issue with um, going red, really deep red with certain foods but also with stress like it was a real red itchy red anyway that's another that's another um subject but but I remember having these issues with things and food again myself cyclically you know you could eat something and be fine and then, then another time you wouldn't and that was kind of like that. getting really flushed if I had a glass of wine like day 25 to 30 yes. versus if I had my period being able to have three glasses of wine, not that, I mean, this is yonks ago that I would even have drunk wine. I'm just, just not for me anymore. But um, but I remember thinking, God, why don't I feel anything now? 
it, that's it. And it's so confusing. People get mm. confused. In mm-hmm. fact, that happened to me with Campari. Ah, yeah, was, probably got, from the cochineal food coloring. Oh, it was horrendous. It was at Christmas yeah. time years and years ago, but I remember. Um, and so, yeah, and 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 so that that was really that was the first thing that made me think, oh, okay, what's happening here? What cyclic things are happening? And that led me down that that histamine, but also the glutamates and also the oxalates, because it's oh, everything's just so connected. And particularly with our cycle, particularly with hormones, there are so many interconnected things with diet, with lifestyle, with stress, with chemicals, with neurotransmitters, with all sorts. Mm. It's um, it's complex and confusing. It is. And I think if we think culturally about histamine as a word and what we would understand about it just as everyday people coming across things in the pharmacy or chats with friends or seeing your grandmother or grandpa, you know, pop an antihistamine, histamine then kind of gets this bad rap in a way as like this awful thing that you need to plug, kill, stop, prevent. But it's not always a foe. What is actually the role of histamine if you had to explain it like we were five? Well, so the simplest way to explain it is it's a neurotransmitter. It's excitatory. So what that means is it can excite our brain. But the main role, the main role is you get, imagine you get bitten by a mosquito, the mosquito bites you. And then you get a little bit of itchiness and swelling there. That itchiness and that swelling, that's that histamine going to the target of the bite, causing some, an inflammatory response because it's sending you know, immune cells there, white blood cells there. It's it's causing the blood barrier, the, the veins to become a little bit permeable so the blood can move through to ensure that we don't, nothing happens there, like an infection or um, an immune issue or if there's any bacteria in the, in the mozzie bite. So that's really the main, the main function. Um you know, when we think of histamine, and this is what's happening, we've got the histamine is going to places where it's seeing there might be an issue in the immune system. For example, if it goes to the sinuses, that that blockage of the sinuses, it, uh, 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 the uh, the blood, the 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 um the the capillaries kind of swelling up a little bit where more blood is going there. So that's what it's doing. It's sending immune cells and it's targeting and it's and it's supporting the immune system. That's its main main mm. function. And then so when it goes haywire, you mentioned mosquitoes and you also mentioned thinking back retrospectively that you might have had some Marcel issues um, because of how flush you used to get. Yes. With mosquitoes and me, it was like massive welts and huge, itchy, 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 itchy for days, um, awful. Then I would itch and then they'd get infected and I remember getting fevers, all sorts of things from mozzies. Mm. They would and just some come don't and even find notice. me. Yeah, that's it. They're like, no, it's, I don't notice. It's yeah, not an they, issue. They don't bite me, they think. But, no, so they is that an example of when it's a little bit dysregulated or there's something else, a bigger picture issue going on? Yeah, so it, that could, I mean, that can mean that that's the immune system, that the histamine's meant to help regulate, but obviously the system's a little bit, out of whack it's out of balance one way Mm. and so you're getting that overreaction okay and that's there's more redness there's more heat there's more swelling there's more itchiness um and you know it can happen anywhere just a little bit of 
food, a little bit of tomato could set that response off in the mouth or mm. smelling a perfume can send that um, response off in the, in the nose and in the sinuses, the same with the eyes with dust or pollen. Some people yeah. don't even notice that they're fine. That's it. And then others that overreact, it can be quite severe. Mm-hmm. And so why are we all reacting to all sorts of mm-hmm. different things if we're all humans on the one planet with the, you know, same stuff? This is a really good question. And I mean, we could ponder it for. I know that's a three day seminar. What is going on? (laughs) So um, it's a really, and I mean, we all sit and we think about what's going on. I mean, I think it's multifaceted. I think, you know, we're meant to produce histamine. Okay. So histamine is a, is an excitatory neurotransmitter. It actually helps with memory retention. It helps the brain when it's in balance um and it actually has been shown to help with that four that two-day me- memory you know that that real short-term memory so this leads us to this is another question you know what happens if we're taking antihistamines every day does that impact our brain long term anyway so it mediates an uh, allergic responses but also in another form of, of what histamine does is it, it actually helps to regulate gastric acid so it it helps to produce in the, in the stomach more acid um to break down food um, and also helps to mediate inflammation. So we've we've got this, we've got the, the positive functions that it does. And then we've got the fact that people overreact. Some people have more histamine, some people are more sensitive. So I think there's an issue with the production of our own histamine due to the immune system, due to genetics, due to things going on. And then I think, I mean, I, I think as well, this, this exposure we've got to chemicals, this exposure we've got to toxins, I think that's a that's a big part of it because that will initiate an immune response. You know, BPA and um, phthalates have been shown to initiate immune responses. So that could be something that is worthwhile looking at. And then I think as humans, and we were touched on this earlier, I think we get a little bit obsessed with doing the right thing. You know, let's look at sauerkraut, which is a fermented food and and we know fermented foods like wine, aged cheeses, um, sauerkraut, they can cause histamine. They, they can contain histamine. Okay, so we're putting more histamine in that our body then has to deal with. Um, are we just having too much? Do we suddenly overload our systems with all this apple cider vinegar? You know, instead of having a tablespoon of sauerkraut, we're, we're eating a bucket every day um you know bottles and bottles of kombucha so i think it's there's a mix of things going on i think it's that what we're putting in our bodies are unable to get rid of it and then you know modern day life Mm. and so talking about what we're putting in obviously we've got the dao enzyme um Mm -hmm. that uh, helps us break histamine in our foods and and drinks down um what are some of the reasons that that goes missing depletes maybe yeah. do, uh, do some of us not even have it to begin with i mean and we I think, always yeah, need support i think the diamine oxidase i mean it's a little bit like think about um uh think about dairy mm. and i told you i'd forget what's the what's the what's the <laughs> protein in dairy everyone's casein not cast well that's that's um that helps with um with histamine but that produces histamine but so, so enzymes, people are, so in terms of the enzyme, diamine oxidase is an enzyme and it does look like for certain genetic reasons, that's low or non-existent in some people, mm. but also we need the right environment to produce it. We need the right mm. gut environment. 
we need the right bacteria. Um, there's a, it's, it can be inhibited by immune system issues. And then we can talk about hormones as well, the progesterone yeah. estrogen kind of the progesterone estrogen balance. So I think some people might not have it. Um, and also when the stomach's too acidic, okay. So when the stomach's too acidic, it looks like that prevents, you know, if you've got reflux and you've got too much acid going on, that might prevent the production of this enzyme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think there's a few for different people. There's a few different things with the diamine oxidase. It's interesting because if you, when you take it, it's like taking, um, um, an enzyme, it, you know, amylase helps to break down carbohydrate. Then we've got, um, protease that helps to break down protein. And then we've got an enzyme that I can't remember the name of that helps to break down dairy mm-hmm. right, that, I'm, yeah. that I'm missing. Lactase? Um, lactase. That's it. Go. Yeah. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of people with lactose with, with lactose intolerance because they haven't mm. got the actual enzyme lactase. Well, and so, a lot more people than we realize. Yeah. yeah. So what you know, there's that thing. There, you know, so there's obviously over time our guts have un, are under producing these enzymes, mm-hmm. right? Something in modern day life they're under producing. Um, but with diamine oxidase, you do have to take it acutely. So when you have that meal, you do have to take the diamine oxidase mm. to break down the histamine in that meal and and help your body break it down and, and remove it. Mm. And what happens to the person who's underproducing or doesn't produce this enzyme over time? Is that where we can use that bucket analogy of the histamine, uh, you know, bucket filling up, and then all it takes is like a two sips of wine at a party and you go flush, or 100%. one piece of cheese at, at a friend's birthday and boom, you've, you've had a reaction. 100%. Mm. So that that you've got the bucket, and then we'll talk about you know the time in your cycle where you've got the estrogen as well, and 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 there can be times in your cycle where your bucket's full and other things are going on, and then boom, yeah, like, huge reaction, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about the the gut, obviously, just then. There are things like stress that can impact our ability to produce diamine oxidase mm-hmm. as well, and um, overexertion, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, environmental factors. Like I know my whole histamine issue only came for the very first time in my life, never had histamine issues in terms of food. I'd had them in terms of mosquitoes so I, and, and waxing and things like that. So there must mm-hmm. have been some sort of bigger mass cell picture for me. But when it came to food-based reactions, it was very much from the time we were living in a water-damaged building. So you have that environmental toxin piece as well. Ah, okay. Okay, mm. interesting, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, when I look back to my reaction is when I was a child and my brother had really bad sinus, we were in an old moldy house but when it really got bad was when I first moved to Australia and we were in a house Mm. that um was leaking yeah and I remember having a sip of beer and I don't know my whole upper body just turned Mm -hmm. for me it was making sourdough starter and Mm -hmm. I sniffed it to see if it was right and and then I had (gasps) hay fever for the first time in my life and it was because of the wild fungi in that atmosphere. Yes. Mm. Well, to this day, I can't do those. I can't really do beer, like a nice beer. So not ones that are filtered. I can do filtered beers, but I can't do. Um, like the cloudies with nice all the. Nice cloudy ones. Mm. Yeah. 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 Doesn't oh. make me feel good. No, yeah. neither. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God, actually, because it's not that great for us. So that's, no, it's not, that's helpful. So that's good. Yeah. Um, um, so. 
when we're investigating having these reactions all of a sudden, before we start talking about the cycle, what are, can you just recap on some of those key um, either environmental or lifestyle stresses that would be really good to just check in with if you do find you're all of a sudden starting to react to foods and yeah, I mean, if you find, I mean, a hundred percent, I think the the first thing is just looking in your environment. And like you said, you know, what, I mean, this goes back to the low tox, you know, what cleaning products are you using? What are you putting on your skin? Anything that your body doesn't, you know, anything your body has that immune response to. So anything your body sees as, okay, this isn't friendly, it's going to initiate an immune response and it's going to initiate that histamine response, particularly if your histamine bucket is full. Um, so just being aware of that. And then when it when it comes back to diet, it's really just simplifying the diet. Okay, really simplifying it. I mean, the first thing I would do is take out alcohol. Because I think alcohol you're having uh it's it it's it's the it's the amount right it's if you're having beer it's it's like a pint of beer however many times a week or the wine if you're drinking a bottle of wine um so i would definitely get the ferment that that kind of stuff out first the alcohol and then i would i hate saying this because it's so it is good for you but if you react and you found that you've got problems with histamine you're having either and let's talk about what that can look like because it can just be you know, slight, it can just be a little bit of an itchy roof of the mouth, or it could be an itchy throat. It could be, these are things, itchy ears. Okay. So people get itchy ears and they don't realize that that's also connected to it. So that's a little immune response in your ears. And if you think back, or if you start tracking, you might think, oh, that happened when I was, you know, drinking red wine. You know, it's not necessarily a big redness. It might just be small little bits, but it starts off small. Um, Itchy, um, cold, when you get cold, some people have that um, histamine response to cold weather, like itchy, itchy legs, itchy hands, where the cold goes onto them, um, which I got through pregnancy. And funnily enough, my daughter is now has histamine problems and she's anaphylactic to certain foods. Um, so there was something going on through pregnancy, but definitely taking those foods out first, you know, the, the high fermented foods, the alcohol taking those foods out, um, just pulling back on any intense exercise. So anything that's really putting up your stress levels or anything that's putting up that cortisol, you want to kind of balance that out. And then of course, sleep, you know, sleep, just, just being mindful of getting that sleep, getting, getting the restorative sleep. And I think back to your point, looking around your environment, um, because I know for one, when I'm feeling good, when I'm not stressed, when I'm not feeling um, under the weather, I don't react to things. You know, I don't react to pollen or I don't react to on a windy day when there's dust going around. But if you start reacting, that's your body is giving you a clue. It's giving you a sign that things are, that things are going on. Um, but I think definitely the stress, the diet is e easy to change to take those to take those things out. Yeah. And then in terms of uh, resilience in the face of being able to go with the flow in a dietary sense, being able to go with the flow and, you know, punch out a two day uh, tennis comp with your work friends or whatever. Um, is it about then exploring any root causes or like what's causing you to all of a sudden have these issues? Like, and if we peel things back and empty that bucket a little 
do you have a greater tolerance to go with the flow sometimes? Is that what we're kind of hoping for in the long term? And just, just yeah. yeah, I'm giving that kind of like, you know, so so many wellness recommendations and literally peeling everything back until no one's doing anything. <laughs> um, and then we haven't actually worked on the long game. So it's to kind of say that then you actually can work on the long game and bring these things back in every now and then. And and also it's what you as a human and your personal unique setup, what are you willing to tolerate? Okay. What are you willing to tolerate? Are you, how do you want to live your life and what are you willing to not do and do to get to a certain place of health that you're happy with? Because we're not going to be, we might get to a hundred percent perfect health, but that's quite, that might be high to, hard to achieve and that might mean giving up a lot and a lot of compromise. Um, I know I get histamine issues on and off and I can basically identify the foods. So I just leave those foods out. Dairy is a no-no for me. I can't, I can't do dairy. Um, that causes it long-term. Um, white wine, so I don't do white wine beer, so I don't drink beer. I just mm. don't do it. Yeah. Um, and I could do more work on my gut um probably mm. and I just oh, we all could bits. couldn't I we just do small thank you for admitting things. that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I just I I decide what I'm what I'm happy with what you know in terms of my life what you know so I might I take the right probiotic and and that's enough for me mm. you know because I'm not too severe I'm not foggy I'm not super depressed because of it I can still um, remember things um, mm. it's not impact it's about the impact really on our life yeah and then what we're prepared to do to reduce mm. that impact yes and and so given we've talked, just mentioned mast cells a couple of times now, I feel like we should just uh, broaden people's understanding of what mast cells are in relation to histamine and what mast cell activation syndrome is, where histamine is obviously a big player, and how to know whether you might actually need to explore that. Um. Well, it's it's a it's a different response and it's a more severe response and it's it's it, I mean it's mainly and it's in it's in local areas to so say it's in my bro- my my brother has it for example he has a sort of a mast cell activation but it's in his esophagus okay so the esophagus for him actually turns into um, when he's swallowing it turns into cement so he can't swallow. Okay, and that's the muscle. That's the white. That's the that's the um, mucous membranes within. So we've got all these mucous membranes, and it's it's the mucous membranes kind of within the esophagus that get activated, and so that and it kind of gets activated by the histamine, and and it's and it's happening there. So that's sort of the mast cell activa- activation. Those immune cells there. So it's more of a severe, more of a severe disease state rather than say an intolerance to histamine so it is different um and the reason i talked about it was because um my you know mine was just that kind of flushing you know but it wasn't a severe it was nothing that i would have thought of that that was too severe yeah and it didn't cause like neuroinflammation or no which is all over body but i mean with mast cell activation you have um bone pain is a Mm. big sign you know you get you get that bone pain um even bodily pain but bone pain is actually the is is a a kind of a a real telltale sign 
Mm-hmm. I mean, of that or even just really low vitamin D, but the bone pain and then the all over inflammation, you know, mm. through the body. Mm. Um, so it is different. And I think um, talking about them, they are kind of different states, yeah. much different states. Yeah. yeah. And and that really helps people then know, okay, what am I looking at here? Am I looking yes. at ditching fermented foods or do I need to go see a doctor? Well, yeah, because when yeah. you have the mast cell, say you've got, I mean, with, with histamine, you're okay. So if you've got a hist, if you've just got that sort of histamine bucket and you, you're a candle maker and the candles are synthetic fragrances and you have this sort of histamine reaction in the nose, you'll be smelling the candle and you might start sneezing and you might get a little bit inflamed here. When you've got the mast cell activation, it's it's that it's like a domino effect of inflammatory factors. So it will be the brain fog, it will be the bone pain, it might be diarrhea. For some people, they might vomit as well. So that that initiate that immune response initiation is more like a domino effect. Extreme fatigue, anxiety, um, you get the mood, the mood issues um swelling body swelling you hold on to fluid there's a lot of fluid retention with mast cell activation you know a lot of fluid um so you can see that it's yeah it's a much more severe state there's the um rather than that kind of just overreaction yeah thank you so much for taking the time to separate those out because i think a lot of people just think oh i'm mast celly histamine and it's all the same thing and it really is there's like cousins (laughs) They're cousins and but not I twins. The bucket of histamine. I think if you if you have your bucket of histamine really high, that could possibly leave you predisposed to then, if you you know getting more sensitive to things, and then the and then the body and then if the inflammatory trigger keeps on triggering, then maybe it will get more severe. Yeah, got that it. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so let's come back to histamine then, because one of the things we haven't spoken about that is so hugely key to unlocking often the puzzles of perimenopause and menopause for women uh, and their cycles and cycle health and a sense of health mm-hmm. over your mm-hmm. cycle uh, is histamine and its relationship to hormones. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tell Very us. much so. So, I mean, it's it's interesting because I it, it's it's I remember getting clients years and years ago that were going into postmenopausal years, and the amount of allergies and itchy skin and sinus problems that happened postmenopausal was it was it was a lot. It was a lot, and I remember working with clients postmenopausal to support their hormones and. And a lot of them would get relief from bioidentical progesterone cream. And so that was a big kind of, ah, oh, okay, that makes sense. And this was a while ago. Um, but generally what we've got, so we have um, estrogen in us. And we've got, I mean, obviously estrogen in our cycle kind of, we've got, we have it going up and down. Sometimes we have the same amount of estrogen because there are different forms of estrogen. So um sometimes we can have estrogen dominance and we've got we're lacking in estrogen it's just the type of estrogen but estrogen has been shown to actually support the synthesis proliferation of more histamine 
So as we're coming up to, we've got our cycle, we've got our 28 day cycle, it's split up. We've got menstruation, which is when we bleed. When we menstruate, all the hormones are super low. So if you've got any issue, and this is what I find with clients, my mast cell clients as well, um, histamine clients, if you have any issues with histamine and mast cell, you might find, you, you might feel actually better during your period. Okay. As we come up into the follicular phase, um, actually this might impact you, the follicular phase with ADHD, the estrogen, <laughs> estrogen, so day eight, day nine, day 10, yep. estrogen rises. Mm -hmm. Okay, so estrogen is rising. And this is when GABA, GABA lowers. So GABA is a, a um, calming neurotransmitter that actually lowers just before ovulation. Ovulation is when estrogen peaks. So a lot of women find around that time in their cycle when estrogen is peaking, GABA is a little bit lower. That's when they have the problem with maybe I'll have the red wine and you know, progesterone's not high yet. Then we ovulate and the ovulation causes a production of progesterone up to about day 21. And if progesterone's rising nicely, you should find that you have less issues with histamine. Okay, so, but if there's a problem with ovulation, you might find you have more through the luteal phase. <clears throat> so that's generally what happens in the cycle and that's why we get these cyclic symptoms. And not only is it that, you know, the sex hormones are going up and down, the testosterone's rising, estrogen, we also have the other neurotransmitters, which means histamine as a neurotransmitter, that's going to go up and down through the cycle because we know glutamate goes up and down, GABA, serotonin and dopamine all fluctuate through the cycle. Yeah. And so all histamine. Yeah. Um, and so around ovulation. That brings me to just asking you a quick testing question then. If we wanted to check in on our blood histamine levels, when would be the best time in the cycle to do that? Would it ideally be across a couple of different points in the cycle so you could see what the fluctuation uh, uh, um, ratio is almost or what the difference is? Yeah, it, I mean, it's going to go up and down. It really mm. is going to go up and down. Nothing. This is the same with thyroids, and this is what I tell my clients all the time, you know, always always be, be aware of when you test. I, if... If someone's having issues with allergy and it's only happening and it's happening at a certain time in their cycle, I would be interested to know. And I think the most helpful thing would be to know, well, what's happening then with histamine when you are having a reaction? So let's test when you're having a reaction just to see how high that blood histamine is then. And you don't need to be fasted for a histamine blood test, do you? No, you could just no. pop in that let's, day. Yeah, yeah, let's see what's going on. Let's just see. I mean, if we're testing in other times in the cycle, then it might come back with a different number. Probably mm. will do. But I think, you know, when are you, when are you, when is it impacting you? Yeah. If you're noticing that cyclic implication, if you're noticing it's around your ovulation or just after or somewhere in the luteal phase, testing mm. through there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so when we hit menopause, Mm -hmm. and those hormones go right down, um, why are we still having issues if we're not having the fluctuations of the hormones? Okay, so we, as we go into menopause or we're in menopause, we're through, we're peri and we've gone through, mm. our ovaries stop producing. Mm -hmm. They stop ovulating, which means Factory shuts up shop. Shuts yeah. up. So we stop producing progesterone. Mm -hmm. Now, we are made to make a little bit of progesterone in our adrenals, but due to modern day life, 
we make cortisol, not not progesterone. You know, we we just we we don't sleep, we're stressed, all of that kind of thing. So we kind of get we get deficient in progesterone, we get deficient in that hormone, and then what happens is if we've got any residual estrogen in our body, so the residual estrogen is in our fatty tissue, and sometimes we also produce it from a chemical um, process, a process, sorry, an enzyme process in the body called aromatase. So that makes, turns testosterone into estrogen. When, we, when we're stressed, when we've got blood sugar issues, our body favors that pathway. So what, what happens in perimenopause, postmenopause, is we might become deficient in estradiol. Estradiol is what our ovaries produce, but we may have more estrone and we're still going through a cycle. We still have a cycle, no matter what's happened to our, estrogen, our ovaries there's still kind of a little bit of a cycle going on. So we've got no progesterone, we've got high cortisol, and we've either got excess testosterone or excess estrogen compared to the progesterone. And excess estrogen compared to the low progesterone and high cortisol is just boom. Mm. Yeah, you know, recipe for disaster seems 100%. to be what you're painting we've got here. Inflammation yeah. we've got. So that's you, you know, that's that's why we still have those issues. Mm. This is why women get a lot of relief from a little bit of bioidentical progesterone cream postmenopausal, because it just buffers that estrogen. Um, um, but always test because you might not have the estrogen dominance. You might actually have really low estrogen and really low progesterone and high cortisol. And so you actually need a bit more support. And even that can cause issues with, with histamine, right? So even that can. Um, so it's always good to do the Dutch test postmenopause. They do the Dutch test, see what the hormones are doing. So then you can do the bioidentical hormones and feel safe as well doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you, you don't want to be taking progesterone cream, uh, bioidentical or otherwise, if you don't have any issues with it, because then you end up with your heart palpitations and all these other issues well, exactly, that you didn't yeah. ask for. Yeah. And like, hold on, I thought this was going to help with the other thing. So test. Oh, it's good to test. Don't guess. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. things will do funky things in your body. You could take the progesterone cream, but if you're highly stressed and you're not sleeping and you're living on sugar, mm-hmm. then it might do something funky in your body, like turn to cortisol. Yeah. Um. So you know, lifestyle is the key here. It is. And it always comes back to that work on the lifestyle rather than the plugs and the band-aids. 100%. Because the plugs and the band-aids, to be honest, mm. we don't know what everything, every, the, everything has a cause, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a reaction, mm. you know, and it's like, there's all these things that we can do for ourselves, like have infusions, you know, vitamin infusions all the time, but we don't know what the actual outcome is mm. and it's the same with any of this stuff so we have to lifestyle's key really that's how it really is it. yeah yeah and so we're talking about a time in a woman's life when it's usually like the busiest cross-section of things happening in a life so let's just say you've got kids they're probably in their mid to late teens you've got elderly parents that are starting to perhaps need some support your if you've got a career that's usually the pinnacle of your career uh you know if you've got a mortgage uh you've had interest rate rises one after the other and there's just all these things 
and they're all intersecting right now at this time in your life. And then you're told by some wacky people on the internet, you and me, (laughs) (laughs) to work on your stress. And I'm always mindful of that. Uh, And I know you are too. We're both passionate about how things land uh, and, and how to actually hear the words, let's work on our lifestyle without having a histamine reaction to that sentence um, because it's just so stressful to even think about how you might work on your stress. Uh, so what do we say to those women who, um, who, who really need some support in terms of what that might look like without completely upheaving all the responsibilities they have like there's a reality and even back in the hunter gatherer days we're still looking after the elderly mother and the kids and then gathering and it's not like um it's not a demanding time for women throughout time that kind of phase and it seems such a cruel um trifecta by nature's hand to make it so that we're then having this reverse puberty situation <laughs> to throw in the mix. And that's exactly of the busiest what it is. time yeah, of our exactly. lives. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's interesting, but the yeah, I mean, the menopause is it is a, such a transition and it's when we obviously we transitioned into a different part of our life. But you're you're right as well. It, it can be one of the most hectic times and you know, women are I know men are, but women are so stressed. There's so much going on for women and all of these changes and I used to my feelings and my thoughts on supporting the nervous system have changed definitely since having a child because you you do get caught up in what you can do you know and so in a day you have these schedules and you have this time and it seems impossible to even factor in everything but I and and everybody is so different so I encourage you know, these women doing everything, these women totally stressed, the lifestyle is key. However, having said that, it can be really simple things. So one of the reasons we get stressed is because our nervous system, what our nervous system is not in line with, with, with how we are living. It doesn't understand that you're rushing around to do stuff. It thinks you're rushing around because you're going to die. Yeah. It thinks there's a line behind you. Thinks there's a, so Think about your nervous system. Your nervous system is not going to listen to you. Your nervous system is just going to be triggered by the external. It's not going to listen to you. So if you don't want to sit and meditate, you know, just three minutes of quiet time, it's huge. If you don't want to, if, if that doesn't sound, if that sounds like too much or an hour of yoga a couple of times a week sounds like too much, then I would say the best thing that you can do for your nervous system is actively slow down certain things that you do in your life, you know, certain things. And that would look like eating, for example. And then even just doing, doing things a bit slower. Also, just making sure that your environment around you is set up to make your nervous system feel happy. You know, there's nothing that's about to break. There's no mold in the corner that you keep looking at thinking I need to clean that. You know, tell, show your nervous system that you're okay and just try and do this on a regular basis. Tell it it's okay. Ground yourself regularly and just try and slow down your daily activities. Um, take a little bit more time. Drive slower. 
I, you know, I drive super slow, super carefully. Um, I'm never in a rush for any appointment. And I always get to the appointments before I'm meant to get to them. <laughs> Your ADHD friend doesn't know what it's like to live in that world, I Naomi. <laughs> but it's just so, it's just like, I know it's it's interesting. Even when I'm left yeah. late and I think I'll be late, I always turn mm. up early. It's time's mm. crazy. We just mm. make this construct and it's like. Yeah, we do. And I, I find one of my favourite things about knowing that about myself now is um, then actually talking to my brain as if it was a separate entity and I was its coach. Uh, so I can hear myself sounding like my husband now where I'm like, do you really think that's a great idea to be starting that right now when you have to be down the road in half an hour? <laughs> you know, I can hear myself saying this because I've had time blindness my whole life and then end up literally jogging across my apartment. Yes. I mean, we're in a tiny apartment, so that is crazy. I mean, the jogging, and that's not going to save much time, it's is it? It's not going to save put... much time. <laughs> and so I really resonate with you, and it's something I've absolutely brought into my own life, either subconsciously before I knew I really needed to work on it and make it a conscious part, or uh, since January when I was diagnosed, is, you know, you said slow things down in your life. I'm urging everybody who's listening to it, just make a journal of all the things you do in a day and also not just slow down but audit them. Do you like having all those things in there? Does your kid like doing three different sports and two different instruments? Is there one you could drop? Is there someone else who could do the Wednesday pickup? Is it, and really actually intentionally designing for space to be slow. I think yes. is like yeah. the, that's, the, the that's... before step of what you've encouraged there because that's often where the sticky point is. We're, we're obsessed. We're in a world of where we feel guilt or we feel shame when we're not doing. And so if you, you've you got the you've got the job, you've got the parents you're looking after, you've got the kids you're doing this, and, you know, maybe that's enough. You don't have to be doing, doing, doing all the other stuff. You know, like you say, outsourcing. There's nothing wrong with, sitting down for 10 minutes and just recalibrating there's nothing wrong with lying on the sofa there's nothing wrong with not doing anything there's nothing wrong with sitting in the sunshine to eat your lunch nothing wrong instead of catching up on emails while you eat your lunch yeah well here's another Mm. thing don't take just start leaving your phone at home don't take it with you when you go to the cafe don't take it with you when you go for a walk or a beach um you know and if you do put it on flight if you want to take photos put it on flight mode but stop just just quieten things down quieten it all down Um, And I honestly think I haven't looked at the research. I mean, I've looked at mindful eating research because I do a presentation on mindful eating. I do a workshop. I believe that mindful eating could be a really powerful tool to reset the nervous system and get you from that fight or flight parasympathetic, sympathetic, sorry, back into parasympathetic. So that is just mindfully, slowly eating, no snacks at your computer, no snacks in the car, just three meals a day at your at a table sat there knife and fork do it the french way with a really nice you know you can have like make it look pretty but make that make make that a priority just slowly and you can do you can eat slow in 10 minutes you don't have to have half an hour Mm. i couldn't agree more and i think often it just feels like uh working on our lifestyle 
adds a to-do list item to an already busy life. And actually, no, it's about seeing in your lifestyle where you can do less so that you can make space for what's important. And I don't, I've never worked with a student on any of our courses, any of my private coaching clients where someone's gone, oh no, everything in my diary needs to be in there. And I've looked, never. Everyone's gone, oh gosh. And you know, an example I gave just today as I started taking a group of new students through a program is to do the diary audit and to say, look, if you are passionate about volunteering for Grandparents' Day, maybe instead of being the secretary or the treasurer to, you know, write the whole spreadsheet and do the whole design of it all, could you just volunteer for the three-hour block and serve the scones? Yeah. Yeah. and be done with it and you've done something wonderful for the school and that's just you peeling back enough love it you know a little thing like that and then you get to make space for your priorities and if you're listening to the conversation about the histamine issues and you're having those big flushes and needing to take tell fast three days before your period every month then it's time for a reorganization of what your plate and your to-do list look like because they're really the two main areas aren't they 100% 100% yeah I I think before Mm. going with anything else you know supplements and medication I think definitely looking at those yeah Mm. yeah yeah and so let's talk about um supplements because Mm -hmm. people are obviously curious about (laughs) them and you know, I mentioned quercetin, uh, I think before we actually hit record as like just one of my literally my favorite things in the world um, that I discovered in the mold uh, crisis year, but then have subsequently brought in and out of life um, as and when needing the support. Um, what can we safely supplement without, you know, you talked about knock-on effects, right, of different things and not knowing enough about your own biological data, perhaps to understand what a knock-off, knock-on effect might might be, what are some of your favourite things to recommend for support? Look, I think that we can do... You know, even if it means we're not reaching for the Telfast anymore and we've got a couple of great natural go-tos as we still continue to work on the plate and the to-do list. Look, the, the things I've seen work and the things I've... So taking ascorbic acid with your meal can help. Okay, so vitamin C, we know that vitamin C helps um, with removing the histamine from the body. So vitamin C um, with 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 your food, if, if you know that food's got a bit of histamine in or you're actually so sensitive that you need something else, so that can help. Mm. Making sure that you're getting your calcium and your magnesium because they help. Ooh, let's well. talk about this mm. because you mentioned obviously dairy can be a trigger for some people yeah. and culturally we all go straight to dairy when um, we think calcium, you see the picture of the milk drinking ads and all that hoo-ha. Um, what are some of your favourite calcium go-tos non-dairy? Well, <laughs> so it's hard because now we're saying that the calcium, then we, then some of them some of them have the amines in and can can cause a... So say you were to do like the the fish, like the sardines, the bony fish. Some people might find they, well, I do. I, I don't like too much of that. So, but sardines, you know, with the bones, fish with the bones can help. Um, cooked greens. So when you're trying to get minerals from greens, you want the greens to be cooked. So if you've got your kale or your 
um spinach um, collard greens all of those yeah, yeah you you want them cooked you want it yeah. you want it to broke it the the fiber broken down you want everything so you can you can easily access the minerals because fiber minerals bind to fiber and, and you can bring it out of your body and then you've got the phytates and all of that but so that kind of thing also activated you know some people are fine with legumes and legumes can for some cause histamine issues but i find um the you know um red lentils are quite good mung beans are good always activate them you know soak them overnight soak them for 24 hours soak them for 48 hours um and in fact in my research that i did years ago it's really hard to get to re-research this and i and i do look raw olive oil and mung bean sprouts have both been shown to have diamine oxidase to help produce that to help break down histamine those are the two things that i found um, but i'm really trying to look for more research so those, those are the two main things i found years and years ago um but in terms of getting the calcium so yeah they activated legumes and we do talk about bone broth the problem with bone broth is it can for some people cause you know when it's being cooked for over a certain amount of time you've got the minerals but for some people they can be histamine Definitely don't use, so the most histamine part of the chicken, for example, are the wings. So you could try and play around with your broth if you wanted to have, if you wanted to have the minerals from your bone broth, um, use a different animal um, and see how you go. So that's another way. Then we've obviously got sesames, which are sesame seeds, which are really so tahine. Mm. Um, and I'll just say to the broth, just an hour, do an hour. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. need to cook for three days as yeah. we initially all thought, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, and and that can actually lead to <laughs> you're laughing, I'm laughing. Um, we were doing the best we could with what we knew at the we time. Doing, That's what honestly, I always when say. When hmm. I first started studying, I remember the two foods that everyone was told to have was soy and quinoa. Mm. Everyone was eating soy and quinoa. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> And <laughs> what a sad my clients little don't life. just so in quinoa anymore. I tell you that. <laughs> but things change, yeah, and this is do. where we just have to be forgiving as well on ourselves. And it, we think like ch- research change, things change. We learn new things, and mm. yeah, I'm glad we don't have to cook our bones for five days anymore. Yeah, me too. Uh, very bad for the humidity in your kitchen as well. Yes. Uh, so just an hour, you'll get lots of goodness out of there. You'll also avoid some of those uh, issues that we see in the research yeah. around heavy metal leaching if you good long point. cook a broth. Yeah. So it's actually got a, quite a few good things going for, for a short cook, low histamine broth. You still get your amino acids and calcium. Mm, mm, um, okay, short cook. That's yeah. good. So so the calcium from that from, from those kind of foods. And I also like I use I use a natural calcium powder in my baking. Mm. So it's it's um it's like a natural like calcium. an ocean based or an yeah. egg based. Yeah. yeah. Ocean based. Mm. And I just pop that in my, if I make muffins or if I make pancakes or whatever I make, I pop it in there just to get that kind of extra boost. Um, yeah, I like that. But, but add it all up, have a look at, I would, if you know, if people, are, you know, so, you know, osteoporosis is one of the biggest diseases for women postmenopausal. It is, we should all be just knowing where we sat at, at the age of 50. This is a different subject, sorry. But um, the point being, 
is just kind of have a look and and have a look at how much calcium you think you're having through the day from your food. So once you've done your, if you do a daily food diary and you kind of know the average amount, have a look at how much those, the salads and the greens and the meat have, um, you know, and if you're getting up to that gram, 800 milligrams of calcium phosphate up to a gram, you're doing good and you can get that with your food all, all combined. Mm, you can. Um, so you don't need to worry as much. And I'm going to challenge you on you thinking that's a tangent because mm you know, calcium, then you mentioned vitamin D uh, status for yes. a healthy histamine. Mm. Uh, and so it actually does, it always all links. And I it, think it, that's yes. key. Mm. It does all link up. And in fact, I suspect low, low calcium might even predispose us to having more histamine issues. So there might be, yeah. So it's it's good to kind of know and have a look at our calcium levels. Um, so calcium, magnesium, vitamin D, vitamin D is good. New research is coming out about vitamin D though, because it does suppress the immune system. So that's why it helps us so much. Um, and quercetin does the same as well. Hence why they were so good during COVID because they kind of dampen that immune response. Um, and what are we seeing now since everyone, you know, COVID is a very much of that histamine activation, it's, you know, that we, we've, we've seen people with COVID now having, getting these allergy coughs and allergy throats and a lot my his my allergies were flared up after getting covid so we there's a there's a strange connection right so there's something there's something to do with viral infections as well so there is there is an interesting connection there between that immune response and histamine levels that people are experiencing now Mm, agree and I think we're going to learn so much more as the next few years roll on oh so much more yeah um and yeah, so in terms of investigating histamine, because sometimes people think, oh, I really need to look into this. And then there are so many different tests that you could look at. What if you were going to help someone on that journey um, and it was really this cyclical, because, you know, we have the majority of people listening would be women, most between 30 and 60 uh, and so this could be really topical for a huge percentage of our listeners right now thinking, I don't want to do, you know, because if I do the Dutch test, that's 400 bucks, then I do this one, then I do that one that's not covered by Medicare. I think histamine's not covered by Medicare. You have to ask for it and it's like $50, $60. I'm not sure what the situation is in the States, um, whether your insurance covers it, but the consideration is like what would be the must do? Like, do I need to get genetic testing? Do I, you know, people often feel like so much information is out there and you need to do all the tests Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's not the case. It's not the case depending on, yeah, depending on where you are. I think we've got a bucket of tests that we would kind of go nice to have, but I always always look back. If If there's a lot of tests to do, I always think back what will I do once I get the results? How will I, how will that change what I'm doing? Whereas some people do like to get tests because they just like to know. And so if they've got the means and the finances, do the genetic testing, but the genetic testing, the methylation testing, the Dutch test, you can do all of that. But most people I know that get all these gamut of tests actually forget they've done it a year later and they're not actually doing anything about it. You know, they've got, they've done the gene test and they, but they've, they've forgotten they've done it. Um, so 
You can simply do, I mean, I would simply do a comprehensive full blood panel, which included the histamine. And, you know, so that would, so we can just see what, what's going on with your minerals, with your iron, with your zinc, copper, um, all of that. Um, and some of that bulk bill, some of that pays. And then if it's cyclic, the Dutch test, but to be honest, we can still, we can get results on just doing the saliva. Okay, I get results on doing because that's, you know, that test is a little bit cheaper. You can do the saliva test. What we want to know is we really, the most important thing for histamine is to have a look at the balance. What's your progesterone doing to your estrogen? That's kind of the most important thing. Um, and then having a look at the histamine and homocysteine as well. So that's really the basic that would be good. If there are lots of gut digestive problems, lots and lots of gut problems as well, along with this, I mean, I think the microbiome mapping is really helpful because that tells us specifically, you know, maybe there's some underlying parasites that are causing this immune response, or maybe you're actually full of, full of candida. And that's, you know, and we can see that and people like to like to see, and they like to put two and two together. So then you can do, when you've got the gut test, you can actually just do some specific, specific things. Yeah. Um, and then that really matches up with, um what we talked about right at the start in terms of the different burdens that might be at play that are causing that histamine to be dysregulated yes. and then you're just trying to find out oh this is a gut burden this is a parasite burden if I worked on that then maybe it wouldn't be so bad if I had a glass of champagne at my birthday 100% and mm. I do think the microbiome test I do think that's one of the most helpful tests because we sometimes we can we I mean we we can we can guess and we can get it right you know if there's a myriad of symptoms that fit the picture of you know a parasite a particular parasite or they fit the picture of candida but it's really helpful to see what the other good bacteria are doing and see oh actually the lactobacillus um is really high so we don't need to do that it's really high oh it's so low just working on that might help mm. um it's, it's really helpful yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Ah, and so we kind of come to the end of talking about histamine. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you wish the average client would know to help make their life a little easier and better? No, I honestly think it's just, just we get caught up with being, with, with our diets. Our diets just need to be a simple, healthy diet. Mm -hmm. we it, that that's really we don't need if we get caught up in these kind of health fads I think this is where we start to come into problems when we start drinking three liters of celery celery juice a day instead mm. of having breakfast mm. um so I think just keep it simple keep your diet nice and simple try and eat what you enjoy simple whole foods and just and just not having anything to excess yeah you know? and that could even be healthy things not to excess I think that's mm. that's the key here to be honest yeah and I think speaking to all sorts of different extreme diets whether it's the celery juice or the 100% steak diet or the mm -hmm. I mean, there are so many different options right or the fasting for five days a month diets and so many different options that we could go extreme on but really the people who are driven to extremes, we've got to think about who we are if we're driven to that extreme. And it's usually because there is so much not right that any kind of change towards simplicity, whether that simplicity looks like celery juice, a steak or fasting, 
is better than what we were doing before. Therefore, you get the results. And that's the commonality with all the extremes. So if we then boil down what that means, it's simplification is what we need to do here and whole foods focus. Yes. I'm so glad that you said that because while there's absolutely a time for exploring some very specific and different ways to heal tough, tough situations or acute situations, in the main, if you're just feeling a bit histamine at your ovulation and towards the end of your cycle and you just don't want to, uh, then look at your to-do list and look at your plate and simplify. Yes, I think that's the key. Yes. And mm. um, one thing we didn't talk about was the probiotics that ah, actually yes. helped to break down because I just wanted to mention that. So That's such the- a huge one because it's quite um quite interesting the research we now have on different probiotics and yes. histamine. I mean, if you look at the company Activated Probiotics, I'm not affiliated with them, but the research they have done is just phenomenal. And all sorts of probiotics. There's a I can't remember the name, but the probiotic that helps iron absorption. And that I mean it's it's amazing. Plantarum and rhamnosis are the two that are that we know are safe when it comes to histamine. And those are the ones that will that people will take with kind of histamine illnesses. So we look at eczema or we look at asthma. So we know that those are those are the ones that can help. And cassie, which is the bacteria that was most common in all of the generic kind of probiotics. Um, it's been around for a long time because it's the one from yogurt. You know, it's in yogurt. It's the main culture in yogurt. That's actually the one that has been shown to promote the production of histamine. And what's that one called again? Cassai. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. C-A. Yeah, I remember seeing it on the back of yeah. yogurt packets. Yeah, that's the one. It's forever. in yogurt. I think that's yeah. basically the only one that's in yogurt. So if you do have a lot of issues, knowing that you're taking those ones to break down sp flora as well which is saccharomyces which is a yeast Mm. has and helps with candida has also been shown to help break down histamine um but i find it's good but people if if they've got any yeasty problems or they're sensitive to yeast might not tolerate that as well Mm -hmm. Um, but the plantarum is really good and the rhamnosis is really good and you'll find that all the eczema blends have those particular ones in Oh, fantastic. What a great recommendation. Thank you. And the last question I want to ask you, not scripted, not sent through to you at all. Probably feeling terrified right now. It's an easy one though. I've started asking my guests, what are your low-tox non-negotiables and what are your go with the flow? Because, and I'm asking health professionals this and online personalities in health and wellness this because... I think we think that we have to do everything perfectly and it is simply not the case and very rarely the case that anyone actually is. And so I just want to bring authenticity and relatability because for me having a successful low-tox life looks different for everyone and you draw your line where you draw your line, not where some guru online draws your line. Yes. It's a Um, really great question because I hmm. think people do. So I, I, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll do filtered water. Yeah. I do do filtered water. That's important to me. That's definitely something I will do. Um, and then, um, anything that I'm putting all over my body, Mm -hmm. 
will Take be... your body lotion is for like, sure. Yeah, yeah, the soap have, and yeah, yeah, the soap, the body lotion will, will not have. Um, cleaning products, I'll try to be low. They'll they'll be oh, they will be low tox because simply if I get something like an Ajax, mm. I'll be sneezing. Oh my god, me too. Yeah, yeah. Since my daughter had eczema, I also do Lotox washing powder, where I mm-hmm. used to just get anything for that. It was about the only thing I can. Um, and anything that smells like perfume, candles, reeds, air fresheners, none of it. None yeah. of it. Yeah, none of that. So, but, um, you know, I will, my mascara and my lipstick are just bog standard ones I've picked up from the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, there we go. And yeah. it's it's not what you do like that odd time or that odd item that you have in your mix. It's the bulk of the work that you do on most yes. things that matters. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's good to know because you know there is there's two components. There's sometimes it's hard to get. It's just like it's hard to get all these things kind of put into our life. But also there is that financial aspect. Mm. No, yeah. it can be it's, it can be a load to think about okay because they are a little they can be a little bit more expensive sometimes you and mm-hmm. you do have to either go to the right place to get it in bulk or you have to you know if you go to your health food store just down the road it might be quite expensive to get all of that cleaning material I mean it can be unless you're going to make it yourself um so I think it's okay to just have yeah like you say the few things the bulk and then a few things that maybe you can get pick up that are you know a bit cheaper or can make up for it yeah. yeah. Thank mm. you for your honesty and integrity. And thank you so much for joining me to talk histamine. What a great show. What a great blueprint for people to actually start implementing, trialing, testing in their own lives to have a calmer, less histamine cycle. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. <laughs> it was lovely chatting. Always lovely. And that is today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. A reminder, we have so many fantastic shows in our archives these days. If this particular topic was helpful to you, head over to lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast and click on the podcast directory, which gives you food, body, home, mind, and environmental health topics segmented so you can see all the shows that we've done in all of those areas and head straight to what you want. A reminder, we also have 10 fabulous e-courses that I've written with various doctors, naturopaths, health professionals, and experts over the years to support you on your low-tox journey, whether it's making daily swaps, getting ready to make babies, looking after your inflammation, you can hit the courses tab on lowtoxlife.com to explore those. And lastly, I would love to meet you on socials. Go and head over to at lowtoxlife on Instagram or find us on Facebook. It's always such a pleasure to chat and see how you guys are going when you share favorite shows and share them with your friends. I absolutely love that. A little reminder, of course, that all of our shows are not intended as medical advice. They are intended to open the minds and hearts of people and maybe help you explore something you hadn't considered yet, but please always check in with your health professional. And one last little request, if you have time to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, that would just mean the world to me because it helps us get out there and have other people have confidence that that thing they're considering pressing play on is absolutely worth it. I'll catch you for the next show you tune into. Thanks for joining me again. This is Alex Stewart, founder of Lotox Life.